Thanks so much to Pod Plays Podcast, bringing great stories, epic songs, audio dramas that are a movie for your ears. Within each story, you'll discover new and original music by Nashville's top hit songwriters. Visit podplays.com to find the stories, the app, and links to follow Pod Plays on all your favorite social media sites. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hold up Wait a now. minute, pause, pause. Homie, don't play that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's led protest against a proposed Tennessee state income tax. Thank you for that, sir. He's the son of a six-term United States Democrat representative, but he is a conservative. He's a native of Nashville, but the one Andy Griffith always talked about in North Carolina, not the one in Tennessee, the one we're in now. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, a book author, and he's won several air awards for best radio talk show host. It's the legend, Phil Valentine, my favorite holiday. Thank you so much. The legend. I love that. The legend. Now, Valentine... Do you is that your favorite holiday, Valentine's Day? Because it's it's about not you. really. And well, people think that we you know that we would do all sorts of fun stuff around Valentine's Day, but we just you know virtually ignore it. I get my wife flowers, and that's about it. <laughs> so. I would think, yeah, I really thought that it was, that was like a blowout day, bigger than Christmas. That's what I. You thought. would think. I mean, you know, we don't take advantage of it. Yeah, you know, I tell people we have two. We have uh, uh, two days. Well, we have a day and a massacre named after. So you know, right? You yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate sure. you. Like I told you in the pre-show, we got about three hours blocked off for you. You're the last guy. I'm, I got my pillow. Yeah, you're gonna need it. And just whenever you need to take a nap, just go and doze off. We'll keep talking. We'll, keep we'll talking, wake you up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get somebody to nudge you. Maybe I think Ben's got you your wife's phone number. We'll tell her to nudge you a little bit. <laughs> we'll get you back awake regardless. If we have to, uh, be, uh, Chris will – I forgot your name. What's your name? Uh, my name's Chris. Chris. I don't, yeah. I don't know this guy that Chris, well. Raul. Yeah. You can call me Raul. Raul Scream. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, lay, lay off him. He, he's, he's written big hits, man. Come on, lay off him. He has. <laughs> Massive hits. Do you, do you listen to country music? I do some, yeah. Yeah, you know. Don't I've never blink. heard of any of his songs, but don't, I'm just kidding. You never, <laughs> never heard. Don't. Blink. Oh, then you know the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you hadn't heard of his songs, you might have heard of mine, which are not hits. You listen to you listen to deep dive not hits, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What kind of music you're you on through? Spotify, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Are you on? You're on Deezer. You're on Deezer. Yeah, I am on Deezer. Why would you ask <laughs> if I was on Deezer? That's the German music app. <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell ah, us something, Phil. <laughs> Do what? You need to tell us something, Phil. Why are you listening to German at music listening app? <laughs> well, I'm actually a spy, so that's where I oh, get all I my see. good stuff. It's, oh, airing it all out right here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Phil Valentine is a spy for the Germans. 
Okay. A German spy. That's right. You don't find those anymore. You know, I'm just trying to bring it back. It's, it's sort of a retro thing. Yeah. You don't find them. They're good at hiding. I heard German spies were the best built though. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. I know I've looked at a couple. <laughs> I looked, I looked at a couple and they looked real good. They're Russian spies and German spies. I mean, and Russian spies and Chinese spies, but there aren't any German spies. It's sort of gone out of vogue. I don't know why we're trying to bring it back. Yeah. yeah well, and you're doing yeah. a good job. <laughs> I think Valentine is a German name, <laughs> ain't it? What is Valentine? Uh, you sh- yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Fast five. Tell me three things. Fast you, five. Lay it on. Tell me three things you remember from kindergarten. I, I remember that I cut my hair because I'd seen my one of my older brothers cut his own hair, and I watched him down the hallway when he's in the bathroom. So I got up and s- stood on a uh, a stool, and he was right out of my hair. And uh, my mother was furious with me, so I had to wear a cowboy hat to kindergarten for about two weeks. Wow. I remember that. Man. You was a straight cowboy. Did you have boots? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, in, but then she ended up just getting my head almost shaved, so, you know, just a buzz cut, just to go along with what I'd done, so... And now look at your hair. Flawless. So three things I remember from kindergarten? Three things. Three things. Uh, I remember it was at a church. This is before we had K through 12. So you had kindergarten actually at a church. You didn't have it actually in school. And, you know, not everybody went to kindergarten. And, and a little uh, known fact, she'll probably kill me for this, but my sister went to kindergarten twice. So we always uh, joke with her that she failed kindergarten. <laughs> I think that's the only person I've ever known that did then. <laughs> <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't sleep right. She didn't take a nap right. Now, I guess so. that's right. That's right. <laughs> didn't play well with others or something. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say about me now, Phil. <laughs> We might be related. I might you and your sister and I might be related. Not you and I, but your sister could and be. I. Yeah. <laughs> if you could time travel, where would you go? Uh, we talking about in the past or the future? <laughs> where do you want to go, Phil? It's up to you. I would go. I would go back uh, to before the big pandemic, right? Yeah. And then uh, I would buy all the stocks that I should have bought before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> every every medical uh, yeah. PPE stock. Oh, yeah, stock all the stuff we should have known, man. We would all be going back and making PPE equipment. Man. That's exactly right. I don't want to go back far. I just want to go back far enough to make money. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're already rich. So how, how rich oh, you got to sure. be? Oh, yeah. Golly. Yeah, you can tell how rich I am. I've got a studio and a walk-in closet. That's yeah. how rich I am. <laughs> but... You have it acoustically treated, Phil. Okay, <laughs> I can see that that's an acoustic panel. So the, <laughs> you ain't fooling nobody. You ain't fooling nobody. That's your little nook that you. That'll that, run a good sixty-five, seventy-five dollars, right there. Yeah. Oh, so, exactly. At least, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is his humble nook in his mansion. I guarantee you, he's <laughs> the humble nook. The humble nook. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he's going. He told his wife, "He's like, I'm going to go to the humble nook for a little while to humble myself." <laughs> humble yeah, I know what that is, Phil. I know exactly what that is. I hope I get to your level someday where I need me a humble nook. Uh, but it's okay. We'll let it ride for this show and act like that's your house. Oh, no, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry. Your secret's safe here. Nobody's ever gonna know. You know what I mean? Oh, I appreciate that. He is. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite childhood book? Favorite childhood book is uh, Call of the Wild by Jack London. 
Is that a childhood book? I read it in like, you know, sixth grade. So that really? was, I guess that's childhood. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say Dr. Seuss. <laughs> uh, trying to get us banned, man. Golly, you can't say that. I was That's right. The Mulberry canceled. Street thing—that was my favorite. Yeah. I Which was is, hoping to get canceled because it seems like when you get canceled, your ratings shoot through the roof. That's true. That's when you get huge. Yeah. I, I, at first, I was thinking, man, you're going to get us demonetized, but we ain't monetized. <laughs> we don't make no money. We work so, for free. Yeah, so we, we can't demonetize us. Oh, our sponsors are going to leave. Oh, wait, we don't oh, have yeah, any. We don't have any sponsors. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're not rich like Phil. <laughs> What's your favorite smell? Uh, Gunpowder. Ooh, oh like wow that. okay nice a little scary and mysterious <laughs> yeah <laughs> and mysterious <laughs> yeah. all at the same time he could just have barrels of gunpowder around it, but he also could shoot a lot gunpowder in the basement i am i am in a cabin so you know you never can tell oh, now, the, now the secret's coming out See? listen to him a cabin <laughs> who has a cabin that's his cabin that means that's not his official house. gunpowder yeah <laughs> Can you show us a barrel of gunpowder right now? <laughs> Not a barrel, but I can show you half a barrel because I've already used half of it. Look at you. Are you are you making your own bullets and all that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I wish I were. I'm not. I'm not that good. So no. When you look I have at to me, buy do, bullets like everybody else, and that stinks. When you look at me, does it? Do you think I make my own bullets? Oh, absolutely. Right. That's a lie. I, I, I don't. <laughs> it's the beard. It's the stereotype. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I know. I'm actually a, uh, I, I could, I wish, like you, I wish that I could do, make my own guns and, 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 and bullets and stuff Half like that. That'd be so cool to know. Yeah. The stuff that we should, I also wish I could farm like my grandfather and them did. Right. But I know nothing about farming. You know, do you, do you know about farming, Phil? Hmm. I got a tractor, but that's about all I know. I don't even know how to start it. Son of a gun! My well, dad used to have a a, a, a a was it a was a farm all, and he had a, it was a miniature tractor that he that he uh, you know he he had a little little garden and everything he did, but he had this that's miniature. called a lawnmower. <laughs> no, no, this was about nineteen fifty three. Okay. Not, yeah, it was. <laughs> that man said that's called, and he had a little garden. And he it's made a, mowed over. He went over. So it. weird, and, and and grass would just fly out of it. It was when he would go. Thing. I would say, "Daddy, can I go play in the grass?" And he would run it right by me and blow the grass on me. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Everybody seems to have one of those now. The one of those it's little so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I see those everywhere now. Those are very popular <laughs> nowadays. Uh, Phil, what kind of mini tractor do you have, actually? John Deere? I have a Mahindra. Now, see, there's that German coming out of you. Yeah, yeah Mahindra, but uh, but don't ask me how many horsepower or anything like that. I know it's got a front loader and a bush hog. That's all I know. Right. Oh, nice. Nice. You see, we're starting to get a little information. <laughs> He's not the best spy. He's, he's us, not yeah he's not really the best spy he's telling us a little too much yeah. i know exactly where he lives now yeah i know i, I know where you're at phil i'll see you i'll see you for breakfast someday i appreciate that uh, maybe you come bush hog for me yeah you might you might you might smell the gunpowder I, I, I just remembered I'm something. Just saying, I just remembered uh, something. wait a minute hold up now i'm gonna be like 
feels close. <laughs> Smell gunpowder. And I'm too close. <laughs> and I go the other way. Cake or pie? Um, I'm a pie guy. Man, me too. Uh, if it's chocolate yeah. pie. Chocolate pie. But if it's I love coconut pie. pie I, I can't do coconut pie. Oh, so. feel. Ben, I go love ahead the taste. Him back. I don't love. I, don't, <laughs> I love the taste. I don't like the texture of coconut. If that sounds kind of weird, but that's just you know, it, it feels too strange in my mouth, like I'm uh, like I'm eating paper or something. Right, coconut right. cream pie is my favorite pie. Coconut cream pie. Yeah, like yeah, that's good right there. I like yeah. chocolate but, but, pie at Waffle House. They got a good chocolate pie at Waffle House. They got a chocolate pie at Waffle House. What it's do you get one of with the best chocolate pies I've had. Really? Yes, sir. Hmm. I have now, to check that out. Now, Phil, when are we all three together, like the family that we are becoming, <laughs> going to go eat chocolate pie at Waffle House together? <laughs> I'm down for, I mean, are you breakfast or dinner? Both. Well, I'm good. Anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm wide open. I'm a, I'm a pie all I the time nap, type guy. You know what I mean? Right after this three-hour thing is over, we can go to Wobble House. Yeah. That's about it. It will be open. That's yeah. the only thing that will be open <laughs> when we're done with this interview, Phil. So we won't have a choice. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, I just want to start this whole interview off by saying my dream growing up was to have a talk show, a radio talk show, just like you have. Wow. So I want to You aim low. I, I aimed I aimed real low. But I want to ask you something. What is it like I, living my dream? <laughs> uh it's pretty cool because you know a lot of or whatever I just you know get on the radio and tell everybody what I think and then I don't have to pay a psychiatrist. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Rub man, it in. <laughs> man, I got to tell you Phil, um you when I when I because, you know, I listen to talk radio all the time now. So when I get get in my Jeep, you are the one that I look for every time. When I go on. Well, I appreciate I, that. I, I really, and I'm serious about that. I go on, I'm like, you know, there's a couple of them I look for. And, and, and if you're on, that's where it stays. And that's the truth. Golly, well, you're the man. I appreciate that very much. I, I mean that. Yeah. And, and but well, the thing of it is, is there's so many people that are, um, you know, it seems like good people, but you can tell that they are doing a show. You know, that they're mm-hmm. doing a show with you. When uh, when I'm listening to you, it sounds like you're having a conversation. And I, and I love that. Yeah. And I owe a lot of that to Johnny B too, uh, you know, who does the show with me. I mean, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. you know, he and I've been doing it. I've been, you know, I've been with uh, Johnny B longer than three of his wives. So it really yeah. is amazing. But <laughs> And that's saying a lot. It and, is and saying even, a lot. And yeah. I don't even know Johnny B. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got to be honest with you, Phil. I don't, I don't know you. I don't. What? I don't know you. <laughs> well, that, well, now look, now we're even. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I just, I just want to be upfront and honest here that Chris Wallen is a huge fan of yours. Who's my, this guy? You forgot this, him. He's this guy right here. Yeah, I get right the, the songwriter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben, the producer, Ben, give it, get a shot of yourself back here. You'll get that shot. That's Ben back there. See him back there. They're both huge fans of yours. And and you have no idea where have you been? Man? I have no I know, idea. Right? I have no idea who you are. And but I, I tell you. <laughs> I love what I've learned about you from from the research. 
when well, we, thank you. Uh, but until you started talking about being a German spy, now <laughs> I don't. And, well, on top, of, even more than that, uh, not liking coconut pie. Yeah, and then there was oh, two. Yeah, it's like he's got one more strike. That sealed it right there. Yeah. No, yeah. he got one more strike, and and I'm sure we'll okay. get to it in three hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then if, if if it just cuts out and goes black, then know that it was the storm. <laughs> Storm cut us. We off. didn't just lose connection, did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just say whoops and say, "Honey, I'm out of the humble uh, cove." What I call it? Humble nook. nook. Humble nook. nook. I'm sorry, I offended your humble, no, humble nook. nook. So, that sounds like a sign says humble nook. Sounds like a novel. Have you read the humble nook? Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Let's write that together, you and me. The and humble nook. If we write that book, can we get you to forward it? Sure, absolutely. I'll have, forward it I'll, on to somebody who'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> I already have the the front of it. Of all the people, of all the humble people in the world, I'm the greatest I've ever known. Son of a gun, we got something going on right there, buddy. Hey, man, that's it. We got. We're famous now. Phil, we don't even need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not, but we got big heads. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, we do now, and we we owe it all to you. Did you always want to do radio you. when you was growing up? No, it never occurred to me. We were just talking about this. I had some uh, friend that I grew up with that came to the house today to see me, and I hadn't seen him in 30 years. But we were just talking about this thing about how you um, – I'm going to get all in, uh, serious on you, but people, a lot of people go through life and really don't know why they're here. You know, They don't know what their purpose is. And I was one of those people. In, I was in college at East Carolina. And I was majoring in business. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm the worst businessman you've ever seen. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And so I, I was miserable and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I went and talked to a friend of mine named Steve Brown, who was a couple of years older than me. And he said this to me and it changed my life. He said, it's as simple as this. He said, you have a deep voice. You ought to get in the radio. Huh. And I'd never thought about it before. That was it. And so. That one little bit mm -hmm. of advice changed the trajectory of my entire life. And I tell you, every time I see him, I said, you just don't understand what you've, you know, what you've done for me. Uh, but there's so many people that are wandering around now. I mean, you guys obviously have found what you want to do with, with your life. But there are just so many people who are going through the motions. And it's really there are a lot of wasted lives out there because people haven't found what they want. So I talk about this on the radio from time to time about those of us who have found it, um, then we need to be mentors to people who are still looking for it. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, you look at somebody and you say, well, you've got this attribute or you've got this attribute. And, you know, I mean, I, obviously I had a low voice. I'd never thought about it. But um, I never it never occurred to me that I could actually be on the radio until he told me. It's not like I didn't know what the radio was. It's not like I didn't listen to radio, that I didn't love the radio. But it just never occurred to me that I could do it. So. I think it's important for us to point out people's attributes and, and help people find their way in this world. Mm. That's my preaching for today. I that's, love that. That's, oh, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Man. That, that. That's that's going in our humble notebook. Yeah, that will definitely be in the book. That's in there. And we're going to act like we said it, though. Yeah, it'll be a chapter. It'll be a yeah. chapter about things we've learned about life. <laughs> on our own, completely. On yeah. Our own. yeah. <laughs> the things that only us have learned yeah, in our well, lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah. that's exactly what we we'll do. We just had uh, we just had Quad City DJs on. I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about, Phil. Oh yeah, the Quad City DJs. Yeah, yeah, I know you know them. Uh, we just had them on, and uh, they we were, they were talking about. You ever heard the song? Whoop, daddy. Whoop. Oh yeah, that, yeah. So they they did that song, and then somebody they took this disc. A record was it a record they took this cd or a record to a dj to play it that dj just so happened to be a guy who wanted to be a rapper too he stole the song and went and recorded himself what is it and is that the guy you see on the commercials you know that's they, him they're, yep they're doing the scoop there it is yeah yep the guy cole yes sir but he he gave great advice too he said uh he's thankful that he didn't uh, get that get their album pulled because they they when it got legal he could have got their album pulled down but they chose to leave it up and what it did was it skyrocketed his own album as well to we multi- also got a piece of it yeah, yeah he got a piece of it that's what well. i say then then yeah. you sue after it gets big you know that's right like right. like uh, the chiffons did with uh with george harrison you know they didn't just sue right out of the gate they wait five, ten years for, oh, the, yeah, for my yeah. sweet lord to get huge, and then they take his money. <laughs> yeah. Rake all that money in first, and then say, hey. That's right. And then tap on their yeah, shoulder. Yeah, let's see if I want to sue. Yeah, I want to sue. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. You know, I just hope someday I get big enough for people to want to sue me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Chris? Man, it may happen. People always tell me online, and they'll say, Listen, don't forget where you came from. And I'll say, I, I pray for the day that I get the chance and the opportunity to forget where I came from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have it yet. It ain't there yet, Chris. Trying to climb above your raisin, ain't you? Way above it, please. No, I, I had a good raisin. It was the it was my own doings that I need to rate, rise myself above. When you what What age did you say you was when your buddy told you or your uncle or – your nephew 18. or somebody told you, you see how good I listen. I told you I only listen to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I only listen Uh-oh. to the very we end. Cut out again. Yeah, I, you, I'm saying yeah, what? So- what age were you? Yeah, I was 18. 18, and it was your it was your nephew that told you. No, it's just a friend of mine. And, okay, and he said you got a deep voice. So you were really paying attention to this story, weren't you? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh man, he was he was like just plastered on. Remember, it. I, mean, I told you I only riveted. listened to the last. <laughs> Bit. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. No, that really wasn't a joke. I was joking. I knew it wasn't your nephew. I knew it was your friend. Kind of. Right. <laughs> I thought it was an uncle, to be honest with you. <laughs> but no, seriously. So once that happened and your your mindset was, okay, now it's on radio. Right. Who did you look up to, if anybody, in radio already that made you say, I'm going to model what I do after them, or was there anybody like that? So, I mean, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't think even about doing talk radio at the time. So I was doing music radio. So, uh, I mean, I didn't know that many, you know, there was, I mean, there was, I guess, I'm going to wonder if Rick Dees was there. I guess Dick Clark, people like that, you know, it was back in the, back in the day, but uh, I guess just the local folks that, you know, I knew on radio that I would hear on radio and I'm going, okay, I wonder if I can do that. But, um, so, I mean, it was a pretty quick turnaround because that was in February of that year. And so by March, I had dropped out of college and enrolled in a radio school in Charlotte. And then within a year, I'm working in radio. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Mm, that's a blessing. 
quick. It is. So then you were a radio DJ spinning records. Correct. For rock music or what kind of music was it? Uh, adult contemporary uh, mainly. The you know there was some top. I did top forty a couple of times. And that when I came to Nashville, I worked for ninety six Kiss, and I was a nighttime guy that was you know doing all that you know spinning all the. This was um, I mean it was you know that you remember Y one hundred seven either one of you remember Y one hundred seven. No. No, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Me, uh, well, it was. It was top 40. So, you know, there was Y107 and there was uh, 96 Kiss, and they were the two big. We were at the top of the United Artist Tower. Um, we had the ninth floor up there. It was cool. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd never been to, I'd never spent any time in Nashville and got the gig, and it was it was awesome. When so was I'm in that? Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm? When was that? What year was that? That would have been 85. Okay. That's, that's funny because my, uh, one of my first publishing deals we were at the United Artist Tower. Yeah, there were a lot of publishers over there because I used oh, to yeah. see them in the elevators. All the oh, yeah. You know, they tore that place down. I know. Why would they tear that down? I know. And that, that well, I'd heard there was so there was a fire or something that happened a few years ago, and uh, the wiring was a nightmare, I heard. But I don't know. That was, mm. you know, that was a, kind of a staple place for so many years. How long was it? Yeah, it was a, iconic. Yeah. How long has your show that you're on now been on 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 air? Phil Valentine show. Uh well, the talk show I started doing in the 95. 95. So, wow. Yeah. Man, that's So crazy. from 95, I, 95 I did uh, a year at WTN and then I went years in the back. And then I was over at the uh, what Johnny B and I referred to the Cracklin station over there for six years and then um then i came back over to wtn so i've been i've been back at wtn since i think it all runs together now i think 2004 so i've been back at wtn for a while well you it sounds like 95 that's that's about you you were you were before howard stern then weren't you yeah, I'm, well, he was on, you know, he was on, he had been around since the 70s, but uh, he didn't get syndicated until, when I went to Philadelphia, um, I was on opposite him because I was doing mornings, and Philadelphia was the first market that he syndicated in outside of uh, New York, so he was in Philadelphia a lot, uh, kicking everybody's butt, so. As the talk yeah, show been, at that point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know With that. what went, you see now, yeah. I didn't know that went all the way back to the 70s. That talk well, show? Well, I don't know that his... No, he, but what he was doing was back about 94, 95, but uh, he was spinning records before then. I mean, him and, and um, Don Imus and the rest of them, you know, they were spinning records for a long time. I don't know when Imus started doing the talk thing. But, you know, I started thinking about it, um, I don't know, I guess I was 35 or so, and I said, you know, I don't know how long, much longer I can spend. I don't see any old guys spinning records except for Cowardy McLeod at the time who he was still around. And I said, I don't know, you know, I, I can't grow old spinning records. I mean, and it sort of looks pathetic. So I better, I better do something different because I'm going to get to the end of this runway and there ain't no more runway. So I decided to pivot to talk radio. And that was about the time that Rush Limbaugh came on too. And, you know, he just changed everything for everybody because I didn't realize you could actually have fun doing talk radio, but he was... He was doing the bits and the comedy and the rest of stuff we were doing on music radio. Right. And I said, well, heck, I'm doing that right now. I can just do talk radio. Mm. It's a little more difficult than I thought, but, um, yeah, I did transition. So you also have a podcast now, right? Pod Correct. Goats? Mm -hmm. 
the pod goats, yeah, with my middle son Campbell. As a matter of fact, we just recorded one today, the uh, the one that comes out tomorrow morning. So oh, very we cool. stay busy. But it's a history podcast, and he's hilarious, and he comes up with all the research, and we just sit here at this uh, in this desk, and I just hang on. You know, he does. He throws the stuff out, and I react to it. Nice, much like I'm doing with you guys. <laughs> well, we know your son very well. He's uh he's been on our show many times. Not oh, has he? No, no, Phil. I was a poorly delivered joke. Very poorly. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. His more poorly than what you even let on. But I'm re- yeah, I appreciate you letting it letting it be known how bad it was, Chris. Yeah, it was rough. Tell him tell him one more time how bad it was. It delivered. was really bad. Yeah, you know, Phil. Today we've drank poop coffee. You ever heard of poop coffee? <laughs> As he takes a sip of his coffee. The, 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 it's the, was it ki- Kivet? Cavit? Civet. Civet? It's, it's from the, some civet. It's an animal called civet. It's the most expensive coffee in the world. And it comes from them eating the, 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 the uh, bean, the coffee bean, and it, their body doesn't digest it, it. They poop it out. It looks like a baby Ruth. They take the beans out. And they make and, coffee with it. And we drink it. It's poop coffee. That sounds delicious. Oh yeah, it's Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a little bit left <laughs> for when we go to Waffle House. Oh man, <laughs> it'd go great with chocolate pie. It goes great with chocolate pie. I, I heard him say I that. I bet it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does it sound like it would go perfect with chocolate I pie? I don't know. It's... I don't know. It has something to do with it. Uh, no, but you guys I are going to ruin chocolate pie for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that that when we drank it. I was, it's very, it seemed like I was very caffeinated, right? I'm not really a big coffee drinker, but now I kind of feel like we're coming down. I'm, I'm really coming down. We're crashing Phil. a little bit on you, Phil. That's what we're saying. That's why my joke, I'm just, yeah. all I'm trying to do, Phil, is make an excuse for why my joke wasn't as good as <laughs> it should have been. That's all well, I'm trying to do. Well, you went a long way for that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That <laughs> I was the longest long way. way around. But I figured, you know, the more detailed I got with you, the more believable it would be. <laughs> now, I got a question for you. You're a terrestrial radio guy. In 2007, I was podcasting before it got any respect, before anybody wanted to do it. Uh, terrestrial, Most terrestrial radio guys hated podcast. Yep. Were you one of those guys? No, I was actually listening back then. It was amazing because I'm going – I'm listening to something that this when it was on iTunes mm-hmm. and things like this. And back in the day, really, yeah, yeah. And people don't remember that they were a lot of people were charging. They were charging like a buck for a freaking podcast. And I'm going, you know, a lot of them were free, but some of them, you know, you had to pay for. And so I remember listening to several podcasts, and I've still got it on my phone, so I can show people, you know, because it shows up the ones I subscribed to in 2007. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, it's. As far as doing a podcast, um, that's a you know another thing. It never occurred to me that that it could be very similar to radio. I just you know, I was listening to other people do it, but I didn't. And it wasn't you know. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of people in radio look down their nose at podcasts, you know, right. and and some of them still do. But um, if you understand that it's 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 very similar to what we're doing on the radio. It's just you know it's it's just not broadcast, you know, through an antenna. And once people understand that, you know, I started doing podcasts with Campbell and then we do pod goats radio now, which is a separate thing. And so now he's, you know, it's sort of flipped because right. he was looking down his nose at radio. 
<laughs> he's going, I want to be a podcaster. I said, what do you, don't you want to be on the radio? I said, I have no desire to be on the radio. I want to be a podcaster. So it's sort of, you know, it's flipped completely. Now we have podcasters that are, I wouldn't dare do radio. That's beneath me. That's crazy. Isn't it? Cause the yeah, only reason I even wanted to do podcast, we do podcasts was because I wanted to do what you do. And, and that was harder to get into. I could start a mm-hmm. podcast by myself without having right. any gatekeepers. And I did. And uh, I actually, this is what I had to call it so that I could. And I appreciate you. First of all, I want to say I thank you for listening to my show back then. You said you listened to it. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. You were, probably, <laughs> I remember you were one of my biggest fans. And, uh, oh, yeah. One of my only fans. But not and not, the, not the dirty website, Phil. Only fans. It wasn't. I ain't talking about not only fans. Uh, you don't have one of those, do you, as a German spy? <laughs> You don't have. Uh, you never know, now, do you? I don't no. want to know. I don't want to know, Phil. Like, that would be the third strike, and I would have to go act like the, the storm put, pulled us off here. Now, quickly, for me, I'm talking about me, not you. You can be take as long as you want. You got three hours. <laughs> I named my. It was so hard to get guests to come on to the a podcast, right? Because they didn't know what that right. was. I named my show Mem Nash Radio, Memphis Nashville Radio. To fool them into thinking it was a radio show. And it worked. Wow, that's pretty deceitful of you, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Ain't I a little deceitful little boy? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Now you know me, Phil. But you were a fan. Well, did it work? Did it work? <laughs> it did work. I actually got Darius Rucker on the show back then because he thought wow. it was a radio show. <laughs> he thought he was on that's a radio a tour. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, man, this guy's going to spin my <laughs> record. <laughs> he did it. Hey, for real. When, when we were talking... When we were talking, we interviewed him just like I'm interviewing. We're interviewing Phil now, and and I got done, and and uh, he, but he was he was super cool. He's always been super f- funny and cool. And he goes, uh, I said, I said, your song comes in just a shade under four minutes. He goes, Yeah, man, as long as y'all spin it. I said, Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna spin it. Yeah, we'll spin I, it. And, and I played it almost. We'll get every, right to it. Yeah, yeah, I played it almost every day on my phone. Yeah, I didn't I mean, lie. I, I, I told him I'd spin it, and I spun it. Matter of fact, I still it was called True Believers. For anybody listening, it was when True Believers came out. He was on during that time, and uh, I believe that was – yeah, that was a song. And I downloaded that, and I listened to it just about every day for a while just because I said I would spin it. Now, he thought it was getting radio play, but anyway. I don't we'll know say, if – he look, might still let think. Let me tell you, you should have called him up and said, where's my gold record, man? You know what, Phil? I think I might do that oh, now. Oh, man. Let me Dang. call him up. <laughs> no, for for a long time, Phil, I had his phone number. And uh, I would randomly text him every now and then. And uh, it was like, you know, it'd go three years maybe. And I'd text him. And uh, got no response. And so finally I started calling him just every, every now and then. And then – Eventually, his number just changed. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Some somebody was probably hounding him or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, sure. I'm sure some crazy guy was just calling me. He had to change it. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Who, I don't know. What, I mean, I can understand why he would have to change it. <laughs> crazy people called him all the time. No, Darius uh, actually follows me on Twitter. Yeah. See. Well, see? look at that. You see, see Phil? It's come full, come full circle now. Now he needs you. Now he needs me. <laughs> That's right. I like this guy. Phil, I like you. See? Didn't even know me, and now you like me. No, I know you now. I feel like I know you. I got a pretty good handle on you, Phil. Gunpowder, German, (laughs) hates hates coconut. 
Coconut is, is, is a gift from God, and you hate it. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm getting a pretty good handle on who Phil Valentine is. Now, this is something I told people I would ask you. You're a conservative, mm-hmm. but are you a Democrat or Republican, Libertarian? What are you? Or do you even talk about that? No, I'm 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 certainly not a Democrat. <laughs> but, uh, well, because your dad was that a Democrat. That way you rule out immediately. Your dad was um, a Democrat, so I was like, I don't know. Right. Well, see, I was, and that's the thing. You know, when I moved to when I moved to Tennessee in um, in '85, the beautiful thing about moving to Tennessee is you don't register as anything, but you just register to vote. So, you know, when people say. You know, uh, I'm a registered Republican. I said, no, you're not. You're registered to vote. You don't register as a Republican or a Democrat. And some people are trying to change that, but I actually like that. And there have been some times where I actually voted in a Democrat primary because there's no Republican running, like the congressional seat in uh, in Nashville when I lived in Nashville. I mean, when you had Bill Boner as the congressman, uh, and then you had uh, Bob Clement after that, and and uh, so I you know I looked at that and I'm going. Well, there's, there was no Republican, so right. you vote in the Democrat primary. So I have voted in Democrat primaries, but I would consider myself conservative with a healthy dose of libertarian. Yeah, that's what that's what we kind of figured out in here. We were all discussing you uh, while before you got on, and I ain't gonna tell you what everybody said, but I, everything <laughs> I, I said, it. I mean, you know, everything I said was very nice and cordial, and yeah, just what you. But the other ones, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I'll tell you at Waffle House, but um, <laughs> just don't tell them I told you. Okay, Phil. Can I, will, can I, I count on you? Because I know you're a spy, but can I count on you? No, no, no. It'll be our secret. You yeah. Know. I don't like how you put your hand up like that when you said that. You notice really, it was my left hand. Yeah, that means yeah, that I'm yeah. lying. That's a spy trick. You really, you really start to scare me. I'm. There, Hold on a second. You smell that gunpowder? It's gunpowder. He's closer than we thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that gunpowder. Hey, you remember uh, back when radio stations would brag about how many watts they had? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they still do that? Do you- I haven't heard it lately. You know, 100,000 screaming watts of power. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you would do that. I was hoping you would do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me another one. Well, my favorite was uh, the 100,000 watt blowtorch. And I'm going up there. Um, That's great. That I mean, good. I remember those, man. It was always something like that. And uh, Oh, yeah. Rock 103 in Memphis was always saying something. It was like rocking watts. Rocking watts. Yeah. Like 9 million rocking watts from coast to coast. <laughs> <laughs> We're heard why, in Germany. Why 107 had Why 107 had one of my favorites, which was um, Why 107. Lock it in and rip the knob off. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> that. That is a good one. <laughs> I remember that. Rip the knob off. How many knobs had to be replaced? I Man. wonder. Man, <laughs> you can play. Oh, you I ripped, ripped yours off. off. Didn't you? I remember getting in your car back then, and all your knobs were gone. I used the knob. Uh, I put it on my guitar for a volume button. You had like a potato stuck to it to turn it when you got tired of that. When that radio station channel was, locks, yeah, <laughs> channel locks. Yeah. I remember the people that had to, because we was there. Oh, I was the, I was that people. You was that people with the had to roll the window down with the channel locks. I had. We used to call it a plachord. Yeah, and it was a Plymouth Arrow that had a Ford motor. And it had a massive hood scoop on it that said 350, which was a Chevy motor. (laughs) 
So I had a Ford motor, yeah, 350, yeah, and it was a Plymouth Arrow. And we call it the Plachord, and it had the channel locks for the for the windows. Oh, I was styling, man. Phil, have you ever been that broke? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No. <laughs> I knew you was rich. <laughs> oh. You don't know the struggle, Shoot, Phil. That was an East Ten- that was an East Tennessee <laughs> Lamborghini. You were breaking. I was breaking up. <laughs> I said, I know you yeah. are rich, Phil. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, not. <laughs> does no. anybody really know what the three fifty meant, though? When you put the three fifty on there, or did you just paint that on there for no, the heck? No, it out? was actually the three fifty. Was it came with a hood scoop that was on it? And oh, that you it, stole. It, yeah, <laughs> and it was it was a, a three fifty, and and we called it the Plachord. It was basically a redneck Lamborghini. Nice. I think in uh, parts of Tennessee, you it came factory with channel locks as the window handle. <laughs> Where I'm from, because I, I, you know, I told you I come from a long line of what I like to call wheel estate. Yeah, wheel estate. Yeah, wheel estate. Yep, that's trailers feel for for <laughs> for people that the don't. The truck know. lock was drilled out too, right? Oh man, heck yeah! If you were, I mean, if you were well off, you was. Yeah. I remember we were growing up. It was always like someday we gonna get a double wide. Oh man! Remember that? <laughs> remember those dreams? Move out of this crappy single wide. I know, yeah. right? Never did get it. Moved out of the <laughs> single wide, went to an RV, and I'm talking about a camper. Still there, ain't you? Still there, <laughs> right there by the river. <laughs> I'm trying to look for a new place. I think Phil probably lives near a lake or something. I wanted. To- <laughs> I was hoping this would go well so I could maybe park it on his yeah. lake. Would you let me park my get, camper on your lake? Sure. You got a blue tarp on top of it, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, I got man. several. I know, good. You can All use right. them anytime. Except <laughs> when it's raining. Not use, when it's raining. You can't use them when it's raining, <laughs> Phil. So don't even try it, buddy. <laughs> In the middle of every show, we've kind of went past the middle now, but uh, because you're very talkative. Uh <laughs> Um, it's not it has nothing to do with me. I, oh, I of course not. I no, barely uh-uh. I barely said a word this whole show. Yeah, true. As you do most shows, right? You, you're very usually really quiet. You, he's usually got to like poke me and prod me to get me to speak. Phil, <laughs> he don't buy it. Look, I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he either don't buy it or he's locked on his beard. I don't know which one it is. Which one is it? It's both. Is this, I think it was locked on the beard. Yeah, yeah. there it is. We do a thing mm-hmm. called "Why Would They Do That," and we get your opinion okay. on it. All right. Is that okay? That's cool, man. In 1982, the year God brought me to this world, there was a new line of frozen TV dinners that didn't do well at all. I mean, not at all. The reason was because dinners, the dinners were made by the same company that made the paste that you brush your teeth with. Colgate is who made them. Colgate TV dinners were born and killed faster than a mosquito sucking your neck blood. What do you think about that, Phil? You remember these? Colgate beef lasagnas. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't I don't remember that, no. Man. But I figured you could you could eat it and brush your teeth at the same time. I thought that'd be cool. It actually yeah. looks like if you Ben, why did you take that away? <laughs> ben, why can't you do your job properly? <laughs> this is a professional radio guy, Ben. See, the mints on top are for flossing. Yeah, it's letting you know it's peppermint, and then you see the little white things? That's actually toothpaste. That's not ricotta. 
<laughs> That's yeah. not cheese. It's layered with toothpaste. Man, look at that. <laughs> Why would Colgate think that that was a good idea? I have no idea. Yeah. That's I don't either feel. I really want I that right now, it. though, just to, just to see it. Phil, if I can get my hands on one of those beef lasagna Colgates, could we split that before the chocolate pie? Mm, not a chance. I'm not eating. I'm staying away from that thing. Son of a gun. <laughs> Would you lick the top of the film at least after we warm it up? Maybe that. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. We got it. Okay. We got we it. Got okay. it. Yeah. Sweet. It's a deal. <clears throat> now, um, you moved from one Nashville to the other. Yep. Which one's better? Uh, I don't know if we the, the original if we if we had Mini Pearl we would have been big too. But uh, you know, it's just only three thousand people there, so or maybe it's up to five thousand. I mean, they they both have their ass uh, their assets, their good qualities. But um, I enjoyed growing up in a small town. I yeah. will say that, and right, it was like right. it was like growing up in Mayberry. So well, yeah, everybody funny. knew everybody. I rode my bike everywhere. A lot of the stuff you can't do now. So, but you know, there wasn't all the excitement either. So this, it's a trade-off, you know, it's a trade-off and life is a trade-off, you know? It's funny. You mentioned Mayberry because before the show, I was telling them that when I've, I've seen every episode of Andy Griffith. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we, we, we mm-hmm. watch it going to sleep. You know, my children know every episode. And when they would say in that show, Nashville, I thought they were actually talking about Nashville, Tennessee, but now because I researched you, I'm pretty sure they were talking about Nashville, North Carolina. I don't know because I know. I mean, there was one episode where where uh, Gomer Pyle's listening on the transistor radio, and he says, uh, "Andy, you know where that's coming from?" And he says, "Where?" He says, "Nashville." So that wouldn't have been. We didn't have a radio station, hmm. so it's about to be Nashville, Tennessee. Now, where is uh, Nashville, North Carolina? I, I, I'm I'm from right on the North Carolina line. I'm from Newport, Tennessee. And it's right before you get to Asheville. Right. We're on the other end of the state. We're, oh, we're okay. uh, about 40, 45 miles northeast of uh, Raleigh. Hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a super tiny place. So they couldn't have been, they, they must have been talking about Tennessee and Andy Griffith. Yeah, they had yeah. to have, yeah. yeah. Son of a gun. When did you write your first book? I started writing. Philadelphia in um, 95 or 6, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, well, actually, I started writing my first book, a spy novel on my honeymoon. Mm. I know that's kind of strange, isn't it? but my wife and I were in Europe and we were traveling around on trains. And I'm going, this is just the coolest thing. So I started jotting stuff down, which turned out to be uh, the Sterling McQueen novel, Barbican, which I'm going to follow up. But, yeah, I'd, so I'd, to actually get it published, I tried to get a, a book published when I was in Philadelphia, and this is another thing that you know kids need to understand, you got to have a lot of lines in the water before something bites. Right. So I wrote a book um, that turned out to be the God Players, which I won't get into all the details of it now. But I was shopping that around, and one of the places I, I sent it to you know um, uh, pu- book publishing houses and literary agents and everything else, and I got one literary agent in New York that was interested in, it, and she said I read your book, but it doesn't have any S words or F words in it. And I said, uh, okay. Hmm. And she said, well, you need S words and F words in it. And I said, well, I mean, 
the characters don't, I can't envision that they talk that way because one of them is a, a, a doctor and a scientist who's trying to find this, you know, this procedure. The other main guy is a preacher, you know, and I'm going, I just don't, she said, well, you got to put F words and S words in there or I'm not going to represent you. I said, well, okay. Uh, I guess when this conversation's over, really? I'm not going to go through pepper it with it. Wow. But anyway, long story, right. long story short, that Cumberland House publishing i'd sent it to them in nashville and this is when i was living in philadelphia and then right before i guess uh, eight eight months before ronald reagan died uh they were sitting around brainstorming one of their meetings they said we got to have you know ronald reagan's not gonna be around for it may have been a year before he was he had died but they said we need somebody to write a book about ronald reagan and uh, the publisher remembered that i had sent him that book and he says well you know phil he knew who i was then because I'm on radio, and he says, you know, Phil Valentine can write. I read this book. You know, they didn't. It wasn't their cup of tea. But so they called me and they said, um, we want you to write a book about Ronald Reagan because we read that other novel that you wrote, and we know you can write. So, uh, what do you think about writing a book about Ronald Reagan? I said, I am totally unqualified to write a book about Ronald Reagan, but I have an idea for another book, which came became the Conservatives Handbook, and so they ended up uh, picking that up, signed me to a book writing deal, and. There you have it. Mm. That's crazy, though. Back to the briefly back to the thing. The they said you didn't have enough curse words essentially in the book. Yeah, no, not enough s words and f words. But she they were talking about curse words. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what? The I heck? mean, this is a family show, so I, you know, I won't tell you. No, no, obviously, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she says, um, if those aren't in there, I can't represent you as a literary agent. And I said, that's really odd. She said, I love the book, but it's, it doesn't have any of those words in it. And unless it has those words in it, it won't sell. What? And I said, <laughs> have you ever heard mind. of John? I said, have you ever heard of John Grisham? <laughs> yeah. He sold, you know, he doesn't have those in his book. She said, well, that's, that's an anomaly. That's, that's an exception. I said, it's not really an exception. You, you know, I'm not opposed to putting some of those words in there. But they got to fit the character. You don't just throw right. them in there. I mean, the preacher went, you know, just the preacher leans back and goes, oh, what a sh-, you know, and, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound right for a preacher to say that. So. Well, you don't know the preachers Unless he's, I know, of course, but- by himself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I we I should introduce you to some of the preachers I know. But, uh, and then maybe you'll, maybe your book will get made. Um, no, but I think it's so crazy that somebody would say that. That's. Blowing my mind a little bit. My daughter's a writer. She's she's writing two books right now, and she's only oh, yeah? fifteen. And uh, wow! So if somebody told her that in a publishing place, I'd probably go in there and punch them, Phil. Just to be honest with you, <laughs> you got my back. Well, that's the thing. You either like the book or you don't. I mean, it's not like oh, I like it, but it's got to have you know. That's, that's so weird. Right. It's like people that read our books like to hear the S word and the F word. We don't. They don't read nothing if it don't have it. How do they know it don't have it in there until they've read it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They get there right? and go, "Oh f," you know. It didn't have any worth. You know. <laughs> they read so the disappointed whole book. And if they're disappointed, who cares? They already bought the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the funny part is the whole book. They, they're reading the whole book. Like, man, I love this book. I can't. Put I it hope down. it has f word. At it the better end. have an f word at the end. <laughs> it better have it. He better say s and f at the end. It's the very end, and he don't do it. He goes. Well, I just I. I just told her to put on the on the cover best effing book you've ever read, you know, and then <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Well S, best effing book you've ever read. <laughs> oh boy. But that's good. Is that book did that book ever get done? Did it ever get finished? I mean, as far as published? Yeah, it became the God Players. And 
Oh, you changed yeah, the I name of it. Yeah, I published it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's called The God Players, and that was the first novel that I did. I did The Conservatives' Handbook, which is nonfiction, and then I did The, uh, the God Players. And then I followed that up with a, a book called The First Face of Janice, which is, I, these are two a little involved to get into. And then Barbican, which is the spy novel that I actually started on my honeymoon, just draw, jotting stuff down. And so, I, you know, these things take time to finish. So, I, I, you know, I pull these things out after a while. I go, okay, I'd forgotten I was going to do this. And so I finished that and published that too. So I'm looking to follow up two of those books this year, hopefully. Man, I have such respect for for uh, book writers. I, I've, I've actually started a, a children's book about uh, piracy, about online piracy of music, and it, it's it's you know, and it, it, it's interesting that you, know, you go through there, and I'm I'm easily I'm easily easily lost. <laughs> so you know, you go through and and the characters and everything, and building characters, and and you know, I'm used to writing three minute movies so mm. <laughs> yeah, writing something in three minutes and making it rhyme and trying to you know and uh but right. to have that much time to do it, it it really is a task how long you been working on that book i've been working on it a while i have have time to mess with it here in the last talking year. years what do you think how many years three three years yep. three years phil yep your book uh tax revolt your book, Tax Revolt, this is a great title. It makes This makes me want to read the book. Tax Revolt, the revolt against an overbearing, bloated, arrogant, and abusive government. That sounds just like a book I would love. Yep. Well, you ought to get it, man. It's still out there. I'd forgotten I'd wrote that one, so I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I got, I got one question for you. Are right. there any Fs or Ss in it? <laughs> Uh, no, there are no Fs or Ss. Well, then I'm out. I can, yeah, I can't, can't, can't read that. Nah, I was no. getting, it sounded good. <laughs> it's unreadable. Nah, you can't read something like that. It's, no, it's that's unreadable. Un, that's unacceptable. You would think he would know by now. Like, how does how long does it take you to learn your lesson, Phil? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's a man that you can't tell nothing to. <laughs> Do you get hate mail, death threats, stuff like that? Does that happen at all to you? Oh, yeah. You do? Oh yeah, like death. You threat. haven't listened, so you don't know. <laughs> you just listen one time, you can figure out why. <laughs> no, I mean, look, they're they're crazy. Well, I, let me tell you, let me tell you how crazy it is. You remember the Nashville bomber on Christmas mm-hmm. Day? My daughter's writing a thesis about him. Yep. Okay. As soon as I found out what his name was, I searched my email to see if he had been emailing me because oh, no. that's the kind of people. That's the kind of people I, he'd hadn't, but. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I just I went okay. Yeah, he probably if if he's if he did this for political reasons, which they don't think he did now, but if he did it for political reasons, whether he's a conservative or whether he's a liberal, and he's in Nashville, he probably tried to contact me at some point. You know, so that's right. I mean th- those types of people are the are you know they contact me all the time. I mean I get people who are suicidal, I get people who are homicidal, I get people you know. So and I get you know uh, the occasional threat against me, but that doesn't happen very often. And I you know I get veiled threats like you know when you're not watching and that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know you you don't take those people seriously. It's, it's the ones that don't say anything you have to, you have to yeah, be worried exactly. about. You know, yeah, the dogs that don't bark. I've had That's one death. Right. I've had one death threat in my whole life of an online situation, and uh, I don't know how you could do it because it it made me so angry. That I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out where this dude lived. I was like, where do you live? Where do you live? 
And he wouldn't tell me where he lived, but he just said something, something, something. And I was like, where do you live? Yeah. You know, you want to kill me? I'll make it easy. You know what I'm saying? Because right. if he was really a you know killer, I'd rather him. I'd rather try to get him first, or he'll not be around my family. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Either I get him first, or he don't come around my family. You know, because these these people are crazy out here, Phil. I don't know how you deal with it, but you seem like you got to. It's you're kind of numb to it at this point. Well, yeah, and when I first got into talk radio, you know, I'd been in talk radio about a year before I went to Philadelphia. When I went to Philadelphia. There had been uh, two radio personalities who had been shot. One of them was a um, music personality, but the other was a talk show host, and they had killed him, I believe. Mm. Um, and so I was a little wary of that. <clears throat> the radio station I worked for, you drove into an underground parking, but it was it was not closed off. It was like you know, it was like a a big office on stilts. You know, you 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 drove right under the uh, place. And then you just went and pressed the elevator and went up to the studios. I mean, there was no it code. just went directly to it. Yes. Wow. Just went yes. I mean, you just, you press the elevator, you get on, you come out, you're, you're in the front of the office, and you just walk through the, you know, walk through. And I'm going, you folks got to put some security up here. So a guy with the Nation of Islam sent me a letter. He said, I'm going to kill you. You won't know when it's going to happen or mm. how it's going to happen, but I'm going to kill you. Oh, boy. And I went, okay. Wow. Uh, that sounds like a threat. So I yeah. took that to the police. And um, the police were looking at it, and they and the guy looked. And there were two cops. They came over to the radio station. The guy went, you know, these are Philly cops, you know. And he said, he's not serious. I said, what do you mean he's not serious? He said, he's got his return address here. I said, well, then go pick him up right <laughs> yeah, now. I know, you know? right? Yeah, and they just they just you know handed me the letter back and walked out. So you know, he never killed me though. Obviously, <laughs> did he not kill you? Did, are no. you sure? Feel almost positive <laughs> because uh, gunpowder. That's why. Um, in 2012, you released a film titled "An Inconsistent Truth" as a rebuttal to Al Gore's "An Inconvenient Truth." Now, I've not seen yes. Al Gore's film, nor probably will I ever, but. What was what was yours about, and what was his about? What was it like? Because I don't like help me help me figure out what you're rebutting here. Boy, you really are in the dark, aren't you? <laughs> I'm so in the dark. <laughs> I really am. But I'm, I want to know. I'm, I'm trying right, to learn. It's global. Warming. Well, Al, Al Gore's movie was an inconvenient truth. Was about um, global warming and how we're destroying the Earth through CO2, which he thinks is a pollutant and blah 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 blah. Of course, CO2 is what we exhale with every breath. And so I went through, I watched his movie as boring as it was. And, you know, all the things he was saying, and I said, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And so finally I decided, uh, you know, somebody needs to do a rebuttal to his movie. And so instead of just, you know, in Al Gore's movie, it's just Al Gore. I mean, he's, it's, it's following him. You know, he's talking to different groups and stuff. So I said, I'm going to go actually interview some scientists. And so I interviewed four scientists in there. Uh, one of them was one of the lead authors of the IPCC, which Al Gore cites as the gospel, um, and the three other scientists. And uh, see, these are some of the leading scientists in this field. And I talked to them. They said Al Gore is full of crap, and this is none of this stuff is true. And the polar bears are not dying off; they're actually thriving. And uh, you know, the sea level is not rising, and all the rest of this stuff that he says. So we put it out, and the 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 pushback was enormous. First of all, we couldn't, we finally found a distributor for the movie theaters. You know, it was in a limited release. 
but it was released in Nashville and it ran five weeks and they had the first weekend they were going to show it in one theater out of the Hollywood 27 and they have a way, you know, they do it now. It's all digital. So they had one theater and then they opened up a second and they opened a third. They opened up five theaters the first night of the- wow. <laughs> because people were uh, uh, piling in to see it. And, you know, we were on in Memphis. We were on in Macon, Georgia, and some of these other, uh, you know, markets like this. But um, to get distribution, for, when I wanted to go to Netflix with it, they wouldn't take it. So, um, and but it had, it had done well in the box office and had done better than some of the movies that they had on on Netflix. But they wouldn't take it because of the message. They didn't like the message. So there are so many gatekeepers out there. So what we ended up doing, mm. we sold it on DVD for a few years. And then I said, screw it. We're going to put it on YouTube for free. So we put it on YouTube. And within a couple of weeks, we had 170,000 viewers on the thing. And then all of a sudden, the new viewers stopped. And I'm going, what the heck? So if you search for an inconsistent truth, which is there's only one movie out there by that name. If you search the uh, on YouTube... It will not come up. Really? You Al have Gore's to go, probably comes have, up. Well, yeah, that's exactly. So you have to scroll down several pages and you finally find it. So YouTube has decided to bury it. So I don't know. You know, it, yeah. it's we're up against this kind of stuff all the time. I don't I don't expect everybody to agree with me, obviously. But I think that I need to be treated like Al Gore and everybody else. And, you know, if people want to see the movie, let them see the movie. Right. But I was seeing that my wife told me today, you know, um, what is it, Earl Roberts? It's still in the. Well, I don't know. The, they were in. They were in the tournament, and people want them uh, taken out of the tournament because they're conservative Christians. And I'm mm. going out of a basketball tournament because you don't like their politics. I mean, this is how crazy it's getting. Wow. That's nuts. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Al Gore didn't he say in his that we would all be underwater by 2012? He said that he said there would be no ice in the Arctic by twenty by the summer of twenty thirteen. Uh, yeah. A lot of these folks date back to the seventies. Said that Miami and um, and Washington D.C. would be underwater by two thousand. This is but you know none of this stuff has ever come true. So we just figured we need to rebut it. Right. I knew Al Gore was the uh, the father of global warming, but I didn't know that was I didn't know anything about that movie. So I'm glad you did that. Now few more questions and we're going to let you go because I know you're sitting here going, Kylie, they really are going to keep you three hours. <laughs> he's like, well, was he serious about that? <laughs> <laughs> he's, <literally, laughs> he's like, they laugh. Yeah. but uh, They laugh at you, but they really do keep you three hours. <laughs> when they say that, believe them. <laughs> They're going to laugh and make it sound like it's a joke. It's not a joke. They will keep you there. Uh, you've acted. You, you acted in a project uh, that was Brett Michaels of Poison. Yeah. His movie, A Letter from Death Row. Did you? <laughs> I didn't know. How that. random is that? Uh, Brett Michaels. It's I didn't strange, even. Isn't it? I didn't even know he directed or wrote movies at all. And here, my man, my brand new friend, and my favorite—not my favorite person in the whole world—Phil Valentine uh, is friends with Brett Michaels. You would say best friends, right? Just like it. <laughs> That's what I figured. Does he wear makeup in real life? Like when he's. Does he always have the makeup and the garb on? No, he was very nice. He lived here for a while. You know, I don't know if you knew that. This yeah, or not. I, and I knew part he of the lived movie here for a while. Was that movie yeah, made part here? Part of the movie that. Yeah, we shot it here, and um, he was uh, he was on death row. Obviously, it's a letter from death row. He's on death row, and I play his lawyer. So, you know, I'm we're going back and forth. And I'm trying to get him out, and then 
Uh, it's really interesting. I won't give it away if you haven't seen it because you probably don't want to see it. But, but um, no, I'm I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to buy it. Well, I was supposed to be the killer, and then watch it. You'll you'll see. There was well, I don't know. It, there were some um, problems as far as who wanted. I just give anyway. Long story short is. Uh, he ended up changing the script at the end. Now he wrote the script, you know, he wrote the whole thing. And then, so I shot the scene for, and it was in there that I was supposed to be the killer. And, you know, he wasn't, he was wrongly accused, but then you'll have to see the movie and see who it really was. But it was interesting because I think that was the first movie that I had done. I I got another one that just came out called uh, these streets. We haunt that just hit Amazon prime yesterday, I believe. What's that about? But I got, uh, I got two small scenes in that too. I'm at seven minutes in and forty minutes in. If you just want to go straight to it, it's, that's what I told my my kids. Yeah, you don't have to watch the whole movie; just watch your dad. Seven minutes, forty but, minutes, uh, yep. and you're out. Yeah, that's right. Seven <laughs> minutes in, the, and so we shot this film all around Nashville, and um, it's pretty much a you know sort of a B movie, but it was a huge hit in Japan. And I've never been to Japan. I can imagine, you know, I get off the plane in Japan. They're going, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> You're a big thing. You're very big in Japan. Huh? Man. Everybody's big in Japan. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We just got canceled again. Canceled. That's Our, it. We're gone. It's well, the last go. one. Well, it's over, fellas. Pack everything up. <laughs> we had Phil Valentine. He's our last last guest. He ruined our. Uh, he, he he made our lives good, then he ruined them in one episode. You should have known it was going to happen. Yeah, no, hey, they ain't got nothing to cancel on us. <laughs> yeah, we just we just broke farm boys. <laughs> you know what are they going to do? Take our grass? You can't take not, our grass. How much you can do? You've also written a screenplay that won an award. Yes. Did that get made? Not yet. We got, uh, I got, we're talking to folks about that. So, and I've got, um, a TV series that I'm, uh, that I've written a uh, pilot for. And so we're, we're shopping that around too. We'll see. I mean, you know how these things are. You guys have Very been cool. around and you certainly with songwriting, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, um, hit and miss sometimes. So, oh, yeah. you know, if somebody picked it up, be great. I got a day job just in case. <laughs> What's your day job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he don't know. Yeah. I'm a guest on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's your day job, Phil? No. Um, what would you say after Waffle House if I said, let's go shoot your guns, swim in your lake, and then all three of us would just lay out and lay outside my camper? getting weird after this show <laughs> it's getting a little weird i think it sounds like a party you man, bringing the see, liquor feels my guy <laughs> feel man did i say i love you yet <laughs> you i think you did you were thinking i could feel it yeah yeah what if i didn't i love you feel <laughs> um listen i gotta we end every show i know you want to go but i said three hours and i'm, I'm gonna cut you loose <laughs> I'm gonna cut you Early. this soon. I'm like a I'm like a, a, a Pentecostal preacher. I'm it, I'm I promise you I'm closing. I promise you. I'm last closing. thing, last thing I promise. Yeah, I promise you. I know I've kept you over time. I know everybody's hungry. But uh, I thought I found this. Uh, we we end every show with an unbelievable fact. And he didn't respond to that, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah. let it hold. No, an unbelievable fact. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting to see what you what, he didn't what fact it is. 
He didn't believe he didn't, believe, he didn't believe we even ended. He don't that even way. believe it already. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. Now, this is crazy. David Bowie launched his own internet provider in the late nineties. Did you know this? No, it was, I didn't. It was called BowieNet in ninety eight. The servers remained available until the early 2000s for $20 a month. Users would receive an email address, your name at davidbowie.com. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Uh, maybe I need to do that. You know what? I'm wondering if you might not have been on davidbowie.com. Like you were on that. No, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking I can get Al Gore at philvalentine.com. That'd be great. Huh? That'd be great, Phil. That's why you're. Yeah. That's why you're rich and famous, and we're not. <laughs> Son of a gun, Phil. Thank you so much, uh, Chris, Ben. Y'all, y'all are. I, I feel like I asked all the questions, and I hate that. But uh, I'm kind of a, a Mike Hog without without. I'm, I'm a food hog too. I don't know if you could tell that. <laughs> I'm kind of just a hog. I know you can't really tell it from looking at my a hog hog. Yeah. I'm the hog of hogs. Uh, so, you know, don't let me come in your, your nook because uh, yeah. it will get weird. Ben, no, you can come to the nook anytime. Yeah. Well, get your, get your guitar strung up, right, and we'll play something. I know, right? And I want to thank you too, Phil. And uh, Like I said, I, I am a big fan uh, of your show and what you do on there, and, and I really appreciate it. you uh, putting the truth out there, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much well, for coming you, on sir. the show. thank you, I appreciate that. My pleasure. I had fun. We had fun with you. We would have had fun anyway, but sometimes <laughs> the guests don't have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but, I had a ball, y'all. Yeah. Ben, you want to say anything to your uh, role model? No, I'm good. I, mean, I've, I really enjoy the show, and uh, we listen to it all the time. So it's a, Thank been you, a pleasure to have you on. Man. It's been a pleasure to Thank watch you. from the background. <laughs> ben, say what you really mean. You love him. Say it. <laughs> Men can say they love each other. Phil, I love you. Ben loves you. Chris loves you. A lot of love. Thank you. I love you guys, too. I appreciate it. Come see me, will you? And one last thing, and then we'll let you go. What, what time we got? It is 946. I'm keeping you until 10. No, I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> but I will say that just, just oh, this is the out. This is, this is it. I would only wear polo clothes. Like that shirt you have on reminds me of my high school days. When I was growing when I was growing up, I only wore polo clothes. <laughs> my, my dad spoiled me that way. I would not I was so materialistic that I would I'm not saying that's what you are, Phil. Let's just end it. That's <laughs> a great way to end it. it? <laughs> but I only, I only wore I only wore polo hats, shirts, pants, shorts, shoes. Yeah. I was weird. Man, I'm glad you ended it on that. Just we'll cut that out. <laughs> unbelievable. That was just like we'll, we'll cut that out. Nugget of of, of, no, of no, no, information. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't want to wear my Bentley shirt. I thought that'd be too pretentious. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, that I shared a little bit about myself. Golly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. Sometimes I, just can't I sometimes I need to sometimes I need to digress. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes Marty needs a release. Okay. All right, brother. Hey, I love you to death, Phil. I mean Thank that. you, Phil. I'm gonna start listening Thank to your you. show. I, I I need to learn more. God there bless you, go, you man. brother. Good to see you guys. See you later. See ya.
Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. 